Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pros and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome again. I'm Kahala and I'm your host. Today, we are going to continue our journey into politics and providing relevant information, not misinformation to our viewing audience. And today we're talking about all things union. And we have with us, my hey. dear friend, Jeff Collier. What's up? With 881. Yes, how you doing, Madam Clerk? That's what I call you still. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, friend. How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for having me on, too. I mean, this platform is huge. I'm seeing it growing. I see it in my news feed. They're going to start talking about it eventually, so I'm just glad to get on and why it's <laughs> taking off. So, and I mean You that. are so kind, yeah. and you've always been so kind. Sure. Um, and that kind of takes us into how we know each other. Man. We can't even really <clears throat> remember at this point, but it's been years. Mm -hmm. And the relationship has just grown to such a strong friendship and the way that you have just grown in all things, labor and union yeah. and campaigns. And, you know, of <laughs> course, we know he's the ultimate girl dad and all those wonderful <laughs> things and right. faithful member of his wonderful church yeah. under Pastor David Hawkins. But, um, yeah, it's been a minute, friend. Man, it's been a while. I mean, how long were you circuit clerk, though? 10 years. 10 right? years. Okay. What year is that? 2010? Mm -hmm. Well, I was on staff 2009, so I do remember seeing your name on literature. But I think it was around election time. You presented yourself friendly, man. You didn't take for granted that uh, union guys were out there just knocking doors for you. You actually stopped and wanted to develop a relationship. And honestly, you made me feel like I was somebody because <laughs> I knew my name was in politics, though. Like, I knew what I was coming into. I knew what I was doing. But you would see a title by my name or you would see I sat on a certain committee and you were like, hey, this is what you do. This is what they put you on for. Mm -hmm. And once I start paying attention to that, I start saying, OK, this is how you become influential. So it was really your kindness, your friendship and your guidance. Not going to call you no big sister because I don't want to make that up. But a friend, I think we need to restore what that word means. It ain't just something you make mm -mm. at school. It's something that develops. So. That's why we know each other from from three undefeated election cycles. Oh yeah, <laughs> Fred, we, we you were so on. kind. So. Well, thank you, and I try to be an encourager, yes. right? Because I feel as Christians, um, as humans, we need to be more kind. And you, right. like you said, you felt I presented myself friendly. Yes, you always did the exact same thing. I mean, very down to earth, very approachable. Right. Um, and then you're the type of person that you make people want to know what unions are and what they're about. I mean, just right. very friendly, very, you know, like I said, approachable. And so, and to watch, like I said, to watch you grow in that <laughs> avenue has just been outstanding. And a, a quick story. Yeah. So I work out of Springfield now. And one of my favorite soul food restaurants is Boyd's in Springfield. So if you ever there, check them out. And I'm waiting on my order and I look down at the table just a couple weeks ago. All right. And we've talked about and s talked about our support for Nikki Buzinski. Right. Um, and one of her flyers were on, or her uh, mailers, like yep. her nice color mailers were on the table at Boyd's. And whose face? 
is on that mailer. And I said, look at my friend. Right on, right on. Look at my friend. And of course, I screenshotted it and I texted you because <laughs> I just couldn't let that opportunity pass me by. Man, uh, how that happened. I mean, I, it's the connections over the years. But uh-huh. that moment right there, I said, you know what? She responsible for it. She, she can take a little... A little pat, pat herself on the back for that situation because that was the confidence I got through friendships that mm-hmm. you developed with you and several other guys, several other, uh, mm-hmm. uh, several other office holders I have done so. But with you, it was organic. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that, I said, "Man, did I make her proud by having my face on a uh, I mean, <laughs> I politicians?" Was like- coming to get this lunch and my yeah. friend is on Nikki's flyer and then but of course you've been on websites you've been you know part of very some very uh, major campaigns yeah. and union is a huge part of that so yes. tell us all about the the movement and then there's a very important amendment right. on this year's ballot man when it comes to unions I mean I'm organically union because uh, I've been a union member since I was 16 years old my wow. first job was uh, bagging groceries at Snooks Okay. And it was right around the corner from the house. So that was the best way for me to walk to work and mm-hmm. walk back home. And little did I know, I signed up to be a member of Local 881 UCW, 1999. And so I worked at Snooks for 10 years on and off through college. And once I started taking uh, life serious around 26 years old <laughs> is when uh, my union rep came to me and asked me, would I like to be, a, be on a special project? Once I got on that project, I looked at it like, I don't know what unions are, but I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I was put in St. Louis in the hood to knock on doors of people that worked at Walmart. And okay. when I knocked on the door, I told them, I said, hey, I'm with the union. Um, I want to know if you want the same opportunities that I had at Snooks at Walmart to make your life better. Now, that sounds so good. But getting hit with uh, how you get my address, what you're doing here. <laughs> That part roughed me up because Door I found out it's no easy feat, <clears throat> man. Nah, but I found out it was oppositions to unions. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, why is there opposition to unions? Mm-hmm. And I said, let me find out what this is about. And so once I started uh, trying to organize new unions, my job put me in snooks. They put me back to where it started mm-hmm. and told me that I was the business agent for those guys in there. And basically, a business agent is the union rep. What does the union rep do? Represents people. That's okay. it. All about the people. You grow into the job. So uh, growing into the job was something that I did, and it was a lot of fun. But it was also serious because you were trying to help individuals maximize their paychecks, maximize mm-hmm. sick days, try to figure out how they were going to use vacations, combine with sick days when they really wasn't sick, trying to navigate life because they needed somebody to take kids to school. They needed somebody mm-hmm. to pick kids up. And um, being there, it was being in that position allowed me to kind of become everything to everybody. Uh, before I had kids, I had to become a caring parent <laughs> on how I was going to pick up kids. So uh, with that, it brought about the relationship. But on a business side of it, I got to sit in contract negotiations mm-hmm. and sitting in contract Very negotiations. Important. I saw companies look at these individuals that I had grown to know. I saw them look at them like Social Security numbers. And then I saw them look at them like math problems. And it wasn't addition. They were doing it was subtraction. Okay. And so being in that position allowed me to take this job serious that I had to really fight for these guys when they couldn't even see the fight happening. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I will do because I will never reveal what happens in negotiations, but I will tell you that there's a fight, there's opposition against unions, and it's strong. Okay. But unions are critical to the working class right. and to the middle class family, right? Yeah, so critical that now we the minimum wage in Illinois is $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. But when that was taking place, it was not popular. That was taking place well before that. inflation, well before mm-hmm. things were going up. 
uh, the minimum wage nationally seven dollars and thirty five cent. And at the time, Illinois was at ten dollars, but we were seeing things go up and up and up. So local eight eighty one, we partnered with our representative, Jay Hoffman and Mm -hmm. the Labor Committee. And we brought up a bagger uh, at Snooks to speak to the House of Representatives to talk about why he feel that minimum wage should go up. And the story that he was telling them, they tried to prep him in the room. And I told him, forget that. Talk about your story. Mm-hmm. He spoke about Take how from the heart. That's yes, right. and he spoke about how he and his brother lived in the living room. His sisters lived in the bedroom and his mom and daddy lived in another bedroom. Six people sharing one bed. And the ironic part about it, he was co-workers with his mother. So wow. they competed against each other for hours at work. Uh, once they heard that, I mean, the poor kid was not questioned by anybody, even the I strongest <laughs> Republican didn't even offer any kind of criticism. And we said that. I bet it was cricket. It was because he wasn't prepped. So how are you going to question this man on, you try to get him a loophole and maybe he forget his lines. Well, he can't forget his lines because his lines is his life. Mm-hmm. So how's he going to forget that? And I sat back there with him and a 16 year old spoke on behalf of our labor union, which is 40,000 members, by the way. Spoke on behalf of those guys, and, and we got the bill sent out of committee, sent to the floor, and $15 an hour was passed and signed. Local 881 was responsible for it. So unions had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we take credit for it. I know we took a lot of heat because they said, wait a minute, people are going to make 15 when now the gas is what it is and groceries is what it is. It's 15 enough. Mm-hmm. It's just enough. But, you know. That is an amazing story, and that's a new story to me because, yeah. again, <laughs> I – here, you know, I see a lot of what you do. Right. Um, and I, I I read about it or, you know, I see it. And it, it's so important because to think that someone is living in those conditions, yeah. but then it's a question as to whether or not the wage needs to be raised. Um, and I think so many times people get away from the fact that what you say, looking at them as numbers, yes. looking at them as problems. But you need to be looking as pe- at people as people. Right. You mentioned enjoying Rachel's episode. Mm-hmm. And she's a perfect example of, look, we talked about that, people being people. Yes. And people need to understand, like Senator Bell talks about, quality education. Like Sen- uh, Representative Greenwood talks about um, proper health care. Right. You know, I'm very familiar with Representative Hoffman. He's always been very kind yes. and has just done amazing things for me. Um, but all the things that they fight for because they're looking at people as people, yeah. as human beings that need water, food, clothing, gas to get to work and a livable wage right. is what this administration always calls it. A livable wage is something that should not be up for debate. It shouldn't no. be something that you're going to sit and argue about on either side of the fence because every human being needs food, water, shelter, and a quality education. Absolutely. And so that requires money. Amron, they need money. Every month. Schnooks, when you go, no matter whether it's formula, whether it's whatever, it requires money. Right. And so if you're willing to get up and go to work every day, you should be able to have a livable wage. Absolutely. And for those who, you know, can't work, we're not excluding them. There need to be services that are provided for people to be human and still live a quality life. And so that is very, that's a great story. And I'm yeah. so happy that you told that because it kind of brings it home. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was one of the things that was real and being able to talk about it. It was normal to him. That's which was scared me is how normal it mm-hmm. was to him. 
he was, that's just what it is. Most people would try to hide that lifestyle because they feel that we've done something wrong. No, mm -hmm. these are people that work their jobs, W-2s, check stubs, living mm -hmm. in these conditions. So uh, it was it was it was one of the best moments of his life because he he got a new sense of confidence that he didn't just speak to a representative. Man, you spoke to the House of Representatives. So right. it was pretty smooth. So that gave him a boat of confidence mm -hmm. and just what he needed. And you all were able to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So now you're trying to make something else happen. Yes. Something very, <laughs> very important. So important. It's at the top of the ballot, right? So, yes, it is on the top of the ballot. It may not be on the top of your news feed on social media. It may not be on top of uh, the news that comes on on the channels, but it's very important because it is. it's a constitutional amendment. Now, what this does is strengthens unions. I know some people are saying, well, I'm not a part of a union, so how does that help? Well, it helps this way. Once unions are strengthened, everybody else is strengthened. Mm -hmm. Unions fight for a livable wage. That livable wage becomes a livable wage for everybody, right. not just labor unions. So when you vote yes for it, you're voting to say, hey, we're going to make it easier for people that work like your family members, your mom, your dad. We're going to make it easy for them to have an opportunity to collective bargaining. That's it. Everybody wants to talk about their money. One thing I was told coming up is that you don't mess with people's kids and you don't mess with their money. money. You don't do it. So if you <laughs> don't want nobody right. messing with your money, money and, and you want to say so, it helps you formulate a union. Now, here's the thing I can say important about it. In 2020, we remember what happened in the grocery industry, right? Mm -hmm. Boom. They were booming. You couldn't keep grocery on the shelf. But who was responsible for all that grocery being on the shelf? Workers. Companies Work saw like the workers at 881. Thank you. Uh -huh. And companies saw record profits in 2020. They project they had a projection of what goal they wanted to meet for the year 2020, and they met it by April of 2020 because of the pandemic. Man, so come on, profits for the rest of the year. You, mm -hmm. you follow me. Mm -hmm. So with that happening, uh, we come up on contract negotiations. Because they have a contract, they were able to say, hey, we remember 2020. We saw the profits and here's what we want. And they will be voting on a contract very soon, which is projected to be one of the largest contracts that they've had in years at Snooks. So shout out to uh, Snooks for, uh, and Local 881 for coming up with a collective bargaining agreement. That's impressive. But that's the that's one of the strengths of having a union is that you get to do that without it. man, you don't have any leg to stand on. Mm -hmm. And so when unions are strengthened, America is strengthened. Uh, I know that's a slogan, but look, when unions are strengthened, America is strengthened. Okay? I love it. So it's very important what you just said, because I know for me, I come from a union family, but you know mm -hmm. that. So my father, yes, when he was a fireman before he became chief, he was um, a ranking individual in his union. Yes, my my cousin Todd was president yeah. of the firefighters union at one yeah. point. Uh, my brother is a part of the firefighters union right now. So I come from a family of police officers who are all members of, of course, their very strong union. And so I just know that what I've seen with my family, um, times of layoff or challenges yes. within their unions, the union has come through. Yeah. And so even though you or you or I may not be a part of a union. We love and we know somebody that is. Yes. And what did you say? It strengthens everybody. So when my brother has that that strength and that fight behind him or whatever it is that, you know, it's being his union is being faced with, it makes my family strong, it does. you know, because I know that he's good. I know that my other family members are going to be good or at least there's going to be a fight for yeah. them to be good. Yeah. And I know during my time in politics, I was always a friend of labor. Yes, you were. 
I was always a friend of labor because, again, coming from a family of labor and then knowing that labor is so instrumental in the whole process, the political mm-hmm. process and the campaign process, um, and to have labor and to be a friend of labor is something that anybody should strive for, you know, no matter what, because again, I know for myself and just the years of, of listening and researching and just being around people, it strengthens the middle class. It does. And, and this is coming from yourself. I mean, you were three time, uh, endorsed candidate. I mean, he, for the AFL-CIO, Illinois. They know your name. I mean, in the position that you had, you didn't have anything, any direct ties with labor unions, but you still showed your support. And so uh, that just goes to show you that you even understand that mm-hmm. if I can show support for the unions and I don't have any direct affiliation with it, it betters the lives of my workers who work for me in the circuit clerk's office. It betters the lives for everybody, including family members. You mentioned your, uh, your family being in unions. What I often think about now is that every day I go to work, I try to secure a paycheck for myself for the week. But also with our contract and also with the pensions, uh, I'm taking care of this uh, 63-year-old man that I ain't met yet. And it's called me mm-hmm. uh, for my retirement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So every day I go to work, I pat the pockets of an old man that's going to be sitting down talking about the career that he had. And I think everybody should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're working for a company and you you working them, help them make record profits, uh, it's not going to be good enough that when you're not able to work, they forget about you. No, we mm-hmm. negotiate a pension. That's going to be a check that's given to me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And if I pass away, uh, family gets to enjoy it. So it makes you feel valuable when you go to work that day. You don't just up and quit. That's you know? right. That's right. Because, you know, you got to take care of them yeah, girls. You got to stay there. And then when you when when the beard is all the way gray, then what you say, that's something that you're going to be able yeah. to enjoy the rest of your yes. life based on what you paid into yes. during your younger days. Yeah. And I think that's something that we really need to understand as a community is thinking about the long term yes. goal, the, the, the end game. No. So much of what we do as just individuals, it's the short game. It's how do I get through the end of there the day? Go. How yeah. do I get through the end of the week? How, oh, Lord, we in the last quarter of the year, you know, let's just get through it. But there's so much, or at least you pray and hope, there's so much far beyond, you know, more beyond the end of the year. Yeah. And we have to start thinking about the end goal. What did we say earlier when we were just chatting? Uh, Nicole Brazil, Broker right. Brazil's episode did. Man. Tremendous numbers. What did you say? Because it hits home to talk about home ownership. And again, it's an end game. And so we have to be able to make sure that when something is at the top of the ballot, we know what it is. Yes. We know what it's about. And we know whether or not it's something that personally within our core, we believe we should support. And obviously something like that is something that we should support because it builds the family and it builds toward the end game. Yes. It builds toward the end game. So the election is around the corner. Yes, it is. It's around the corner. And so tell us what labor is doing as we gear up for November 8th. And what labor is doing is pretty much uh, putting information out that we spent money. Uh, If you're on YouTube, you're going to see the workers' rights amendments pop up in the ads. Mm -hmm. Please do not skip that ad. Listen to it. Let it play. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. I see it a lot. Yes, let it play. Listen to what they're saying and vote yes. We also uh, have been fortunate to be the recipients of a a pretty cool governor. Uh, Vote by mail. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pretty cool circuit clerk, not circuit clerk, but county clerk's office, Tom Holbrook. Uh Vote by mail. Um, A lot of ballots are showing up in the mail now because we've applied to vote by mail. So now 
Uh, we're not necessarily, you know, starting up a van, getting people to the polls. We're telling them to go to the kitchen table, mm-hmm. fill it out, and put it in the mailbox. Uh, and of course, those who are traditional, they want to wait to the day of. I mean, we, we would do whatever we have to do to get you there. So uh, it's a campaign that fortunately is going on right now. We don't have to wait to the day of. No. We're, we're in campaign mode now and mm-hmm. we're going hard right now to get the votes in. Uh, vote early. Uh, it's not going to be a sign of cheating. I know January 6th talked about those mail-in ballots. Well, those mail-in ballots are sitting back waiting to be counted after the election results are in from the day of. So that's clear as that up. Uh, so that's what we're doing. We're just putting the word out there and trying to remind people that unions are relevant. We never lost our relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, teachers union, I mean, District 189, shout out to District 189. Mm-hmm. First one of the strongest unions, IFT 1220 uh, with Robert Turley. They too have joined in and doing this as well. So I'm if you look it. around, you'll hear Workers' Rights Amendment. Okay. And that's really good because you talked about a lot of nuggets there in terms of how we are so blessed to have great voting rights here right. in the state of yes. Illinois. There's so much voter suppression that's going on across yeah. the country in, in many states. And but here we are blessed to be able to vote early. Yes, we are blessed to be able to literally register the day of the election and vote. Now, if you register on November 8th, you got to vote. You got to register and vote. You got to do both of them at the same time. But vote by mail. Just a a thousand different ways for your your vote, your vote to be counted and Mm -hmm. your voice to be heard. And again, that's the whole purpose of the information, not the misinformation to be able to say, look, if you do not vote, like my bishop said on Sunday, if you do not vote, you do not get to complain. No, not at all. Like our former president said, don't Boo, vote. Right Thank on. you, President Obama, for Number that. 44. Don't don't do all the no. I want you to keep that same energy. Yes. At the ballot box, yes. please. That's what we need. And so that's what we want. Yes. And as an African American community, we really have to vote. Yeah. As a community in general, we have to vote. So and I keep saying it and I'm gonna say it until November 9th, mm-hmm. or should I say until the polls close on November 8th, that the primary. Here in our county, it was like 16.5% right. turnout for the primary. I could not believe it. And that's for all voters. So all designations aside, yeah. total votership for a primary in a midterm election was 16.5%. That cannot be on November 8th. No, it cannot be. But what we have to combat, too, is that, unfortunately, in the African-American community, community, uh, social media has uh, made scholars of people who probably shouldn't be scholars. Mm-hmm. And there have been people <laughs> who have come against uh, voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people, it's easy for someone to take a match and be effective when they use that match to burn something down. Mm-hmm. We get that. That's easy to do. And unfortunately, this happens. So when it comes to the African-American vote, uh, it is just as important as it was years ago. If it wasn't important, it wouldn't be a fight for it. Exactly. They so, wouldn't yeah, be exactly. trying to suppress your vote if exactly. your vote didn't count. Now, I think that we can take a step further. That's, that's step one of the election process, voting. That's step one of the political process. Holding those who have voted for you accountable, that's step two. And I noticed it, and I, I give you kudos to this, and I'm going to have to bring this up. Uh, i from East St. Louis. When I came back, I lived in Belleville when I came back from college, and I got my start in politics in Belleville. But it was you who brought me back home in 2020 with Frank Smith. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Yeah. And so I can good. appreciate that. It Accountability, uh, I think, is something that I wanted to piggyback on, because what did you say? Register, vote. Mm-hmm. 
But accountability is key. And for me, that was always my thing, being accountable to not just, you know, East St. Louis, but, you know, I, I stayed, you know, doing what I needed to do, you know, for my community and programming and yeah, just sure. trying to be a, a, a an example. Clean slate. Um, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Clean slate was one of those. <laughs> but also being accountable because so many times the people that we elect, we don't hold them accountable. No. And so accountability is not just every time they come up on the ballot. That's after, you know, for four <laughs> years or two years or six years, they haven't been accountable for anything. And so you want to be able right. to know what did I always say? Yes. Know who your rep is, federal and state. Yes. Know who your county officials are. Know who your mayor is and things of that nature. And if it's something that you see going on that you don't like, know who they are so then you can contact them. Simple as that. And then two years, four years, six years, if the accountability isn't there, right. then you make that decision on a Tuesday. But there's so much, what did you say? After you vote, there's so much that can be done in the process for you and your family. And people don't understand that from local to federal matters. So, oh, I don't vote for mayor. I don't do the, no, 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 no. Actually, yeah. your local and state government most important. means more to you than who's in the pre <laughs> who's in the White House forever, Absolutely. Absolutely. you know? And so it matters, but also your backyard, whether or not your weeds are getting cut, yes. whether or not they're overgrown or run down houses in your neighborhood, making sure that, you know, the school district is doing what they're supposed Bingo. to do. You know, that's not that doesn't come from the White House. What goes on in my school district? So people need to understand the importance of voting in every election and voting, you know, every level of government yeah. in every election. I would just suggest that people would use their Facebook statuses, the, the 140 characters, just put it in an email to your state rep because they're not mm -hmm. reading 140 characters. The algorithm is. Mm -hmm. Those words need to go to the emails mm -hmm. and into the ears of those who you elect. I love that. Simple as that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So is there anything else that you would like for us to know about the Workers' Rights Amendment about 881, about unions, or just about anything before we close. Well, 881 is is not just the unions that's there for the retail workers, but we do a lot of community service as well. You do? Yeah, so mm -hmm. uh, partnership. Mm -hmm. Partnership with 881. We don't have to talk contracts. Sometimes we can just talk community. So when you see 881, it's not just uh, retail clerks. It's uh, a union that is large in Illinois, and we want to be effective in every community that we have a union grocery store. Okay. So we go beyond the grocery stores. We believe that the community is the most important thing because without the community, there is no grocery store. Without no grocery store, there are no union workers. And without no union workers, hey, I'm not sitting there. So That's uh, right. community first and foremost. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Will right. you come back after the election? Absolutely. After that workers' rights amendment is passed and we got full attraction and you know, we in season three, four, five, six, seven, whatever. I'll Go ahead, back. speak it, sir. Yeah, I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for right coming on. today. I appreciate you so much. Yes. Words can never express. All right. We ain't going to try. Thank you. All right. And thank you for tuning in today to Pros and Politics mm. Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you'll join us again next week. In the meantime, please like, love, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you.